This podcast was created by the JCT English team for the Junior Cycle Talks channel. In this episode of Conversations from the Classroom, we talked to English teacher Emer White from Galway Educate Together Secondary School. Emer talks to us about how her school has adopted a UDL approach towards inclusive planning for learning. In this episode, Emer also talks about the integration of Level 3 and Level 2 learners in the English classroom. Hi Emer, thanks for being with us today. Could you please tell us about your current context and the current cohort of students at Junior Cycle? My current context is that I'm teaching Galway Educate Together Secondary School. It's a relatively new school, it opened up in August 2019 and we currently have just first, second and third year students. So I am teaching English at first, second and third year level. We are a co-educational school and all of our classes are mixed ability. If we think about this year, How did you integrate your level two students into your department or class plan? All of our students are integrated. We only have two level two learning program students. There's a second year student and a third year students, but we have built in the program for if we have students in the future. The way we integrate the level two learners into our plans is we first plan for the curriculum. So when we're devising a unit for English, we pick out the learning outcomes that are relevant to where the students are at in first, second or third year, for example, at any given time. We look at those learning outcomes, the learning that's more mostly pertinent for the age and stage of learning, and we identify them and the key learning. And then we map on the learning outcomes that most seamlessly can be achieved in that unit to the level two learning um, program by scanning through the priority learning units and identifying the learning outcomes throughout the five priority learning units, the best meet that learning that's happening in class at that time. Often you find that you can hit quite a number. If there's too many, we look at the ones that are most relevant or the ones that are most immediate to that student at the time. And we write them in into our plan underneath where we've identified our learning outcomes and our aspects. Could you talk through one example of an activity or learning experience that was devised for a student who was following a level two learning program to complete in class? One experience that comes to mind is um, in my class at the moment, I have a student in third year and we are currently doing Romeo and Juliet. The student enjoys drama and enjoys uh, interacting uh, with others. One of the ways that I targeted one of the level two learning programs was I made sure that the student took part in choral reading activities. And during one of the scenes, I targeted uh, learning outcome 1.7 in the priority learning unit, communication and literacy. And that learning outcome is to identify a range of non-verbal communication methods, example, facial expressions, tone of voice or symbols. So when the student was taking part in a group work, they were uh, reciting a piece of drama. It was a soliloquy and they were with a group of three. So the student identified the line or two lines that they most wanted to perform. And when it came to their turn, they had time to practice how they were going to use facial expressions in their uh, actions and their tone of voice. The emphasis and the criteria for the performance for the whole group was to look at uh, their tone of voice, facial expressions, uh, body language and hand signals and how they'd act out the piece with uh, emphasis on emotion. So the student was able to do that, achieve the learning outcome, and then also take part with something uh, that their peers were doing in class. And she found it quite enjoyable. When the students were doing a critical analysis 
of uh, the drama. The student then would focus mostly on looking at how they might describe the plot overview and uh, they created storyboards of key moments where they drew a picture and explained what was happening in simple language. So it was able to differentiate it to meet their needs. So their task was more to explain in their own words what was happening and to use symbols and uh, visuals to articulate their learning. How do you check in on or assess the learning of students following level two learning programmes in your junior cycle English classroom? The student that is doing the level two learning programme would have identified uh, priority learning uh, learning outcomes that are associated with my subject. So when it comes to a summative assessment, we have a portfolio that they have with all of their allocated learning outcomes throughout their five PLUs. It's situated in a OneNote uh, team. So the student has a team that we go into and teachers collaborate. We can communicate with each other on the conversation section. And there's a OneNote um, class notebook integrated into it. It's set up that the five priority learning units are different sections. And in each section, each learning outcome has a different page. So when the student has done something, for example, in that previous example, where they've shown how they've used facial expressions and worked as a, a, a team, that would have been recorded. And then the recording would have been uploaded on OneNote as evidence of their learning. They would have been given oral um, comment or note in OneNote on what they did well and uh, how they've achieved the learning. So feedback would have been given. Usually I would give a sticker or some form of encouragement or motivation to highlight how they've achieved specific learning. If they've only achieved aspects of that learning outcome, I would have pointed out what they would be coming back to at a later date. So that summative piece is situated in a portfolio. So it's easy to see what they've achieved over the three years in class would be given personalised feedback on tasks as well. Their criteria would be more of a simpler version and it would have been scaffolded in sequence because the student likes to follow sequential order. So if there was five things that they had to do, you talk about how well they've achieved maybe three of them. And if they need two more things that they need to focus on. How do you collaborate with other teachers or subject areas in relation to students following level two learning programs? When we were devising our level two learning program in the school, all of the teachers came together where we had a meeting and we've all identified with all of the subjects, the the learning outcomes that pertain mostly to those subjects. While we identified them and there was some overlap, we were very conscious on the ones that pertain to our subject for learning that would be ongoing and that you'd consolidate in your lessons anyway. But we equally all took responsibility for the ones that we were going to assess the most. So uh, we had a tracker that we filled out and we all um, took responsibility for certain learning outcomes. The lead teacher that was over that student at the time would go around, would know the teachers that were going to assess certain learning outcomes and would be able to then monitor their portfolio and their OneNote and to check off which ones have been achieved and which ones still had to be worked on. So that lead teacher would come back and maybe have an informal conversation individually with teachers, but mostly it's done online via the OneNote or uh, class notebook. I have access to all of their pages as a teacher and so do the other teachers. We can see what's been done in other subjects. There might be something that a teacher found worked very well with the student and they might write that in the comments section we would feel free to go in and look at what was done and maybe reflect on that and see if something similar worked in our own classes. 
for example, the student sometimes likes to use certain apps and maybe they were very engaged in using an app like Pantoon or something that you can create and you could then implement that in your lessons. So we would share the success as we go and we would log it in our Teams page in the conversation section and then it's very easy to go in to the class notebook and see in the different lessons what's been done. It's very seamless as we go and very informal. In your particular context, how does a universal design for learning approach work? We have a UDL framework implemented across the whole school. This started off as a big focus based on the needs of our school. Inclusive education was a big thing that we felt met our context. And so from the very outset, we really looked at what we could do and implement uh, incrementally as we went. All teachers reflected on how we could identify the priority needs of our students. And this is something that we have reflected on and built on incrementally. So in our first year, we looked at the students that needed the most support and the needed the most challenge. And we looked at what their needs were and how we could build the support and challenge into all our lessons. For example, dyslexic students would have our pale yellow font in the background and we, we use Comic Sans font and so forth. So we would vary activities as we go and we'd always have challenge in the questions that we would give, that there would be a broad nature to our questions so that students have more scope to be creative. We really divide up what we do in terms of multiple means of engagement, representation and expression. When we are designing our lessons based on our curriculum, we would have a broad focus on the learning so that we can build in choice and flexibility into our lessons. Students, where possible, have the choice to either perform a piece to show what they've learned and to maybe make something, create a product or to orally capture what they've learned so that the learning is really focused on so that there's choice and flexibility into how they can express themselves. In terms of engagement then in our lessons, we would vary up activities as much as possible. We would have a focus on group work, pair work, individual work. There would be a research focus on activity. There would be short, snappy tasks. We would focus on time and make sure it's very specific with our instructions. So that helps with engagement. We would vary the stimuli as well. So that it's not just one way of looking at things. In terms of multiple means of representation, we all use OneNote. We design our lessons in that way. At the very beginning, we all have the same kind of uh, focus on the lesson, like what the learning intentions are going to be. Everything is used in Comic Sans and a pale yellow uh, background. We use symbols throughout the school to identify what the instructions are in the class. So like a symbol to write, a symbol to look at the board, a symbol to take out your iPad, a symbol to do group work, a symbol to record something in your copy, a symbol for home learning and so forth. So we use the same symbols to highlight the task. Um, we square our tasks and boxes for students that struggle with concentration or might be dyspraxic. We build all of these into our representation. Also, we have reasonable accommodations built into the design of the lessons. So all students can use immersive reader. All students can use speech to text. They can type where necessary. We, we use their discretion at that. If something needs to be written, then that's the focus. So there is flexibility in this. So in the lessons, there is definitely scope uh, to open up the design approach. And it's very much a work in progress. A big part of UDL in our context is the student voice. Students reflect at the end of every unit and tell teachers 
what worked well, what could be better. And we build that up into the design of the next unit. We send out a form to all students in all of the units and we include that at the end of our unit in our teacher reflection. We build that into what students said worked well and what needs more focus. And that definitely has helped the way we reflect ourselves as teachers. Thank you for listening to this episode. To find out more and to sign up to our mailing list, please visit jcc.ie forward slash English. You can also follow us on Twitter for all the latest news and supports at JCT English.